superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Drop, drop, drop a beat. A beat. There's a new phrase Drip. for one team that's left in the uh, NFL. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. There's one team in these playoffs that's never won a Super Bowl, never been to a Super Bowl. And the phrase for them, two words, why not? Just because they're the Detroit Lions? Earlier on the show, ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Coming up, Prime Video TNF analyst Andrew Whitworth. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate Sirius XM Odyssey and more. And if you missed any of the first two hours, a great chat with Dan Orlovsky of ESPN about what we just saw on Divisional Playoff Weekend and what we should expect to see on the upcoming Championship Sunday games. And if you missed that or Albert Breer telling us about what's going on right now in Los Angeles, California, Jim Harbaugh is here talking to the Chargers. It seems like there's uh, something afoot right there and what's going on with Belichick and Vrabel and the rest of the coaching carousel. He was great in hour number two. We re-air on the Roku channel and then we also have our podcast, all three hours of it. We also on our podcast network have Overreaction Monday. Chris Brockman and I went ahead and did our thing on uh, on Monday for that. Check it out where you get all your podcasts. Andrew Whitworth is in our green room. He's about to come out here and hang out with us nice. for uh, a nice chunk of time before staying after class. And as I told him, he is the first individual to ever be car washed in the history of the Rich Eisen Show or the Rich Eisen Productions. That is a television term for having him on not just one, but multiple shows in in orbit of a uh, content. Fa- I'll call us a factory. Uh, <laughs> what the Football with Susie Schuster and Amy Trask will be recorded as soon as we're done with Andrew. And that's what's all going down uh, right here in our neck of the woods. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's take uh, this phone call. Tom in Ohio has been hanging on for a while. What's up, Tom? Hi, Rich. How you doing? I'm great. great. Like always. What's going on? Thank you. Well, I got a couple things that uh, um, kind of concerning me about the NFL right now. One of them, you guys were talking about officials. Uh, One of the things I'm seeing that looks like is really starting to be a trend is the offensive line like constantly moving and pointing right before the ball snapped. It looks like to me it's going to be another one of them penalties that can be called every play, like holding or pass interference. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just seems that way because, you know, they, they're they constantly moving, it seems like, right right before the snap even. And, I mean, it you know, it didn't like it used to be where the offensive lineman had to be, you know, perfectly still. They're – I mean, it's it's motion. No, I'm I'm with you, Tom. Uh, what else is in your mind? What else you got? Well, another thing's really concerning me is if you know, with all the gambling and everything that's in the NFL now, if they ever, you know, have a situation like I did in the NBA where you know a kicker, um, you know, a quarterback, or God forbid, an official or somebody is caught, you know, fixing a game or anything, I mean, the NFL is doomed. Well, because I mean, there's in, so much gambling in it now that it's just. Well, I hear I you, Tom. I, I once upon a time asked uh, Roger Goodell, um, not even on the air. I said, you know, what keeps you up at night? 
And he mentioned a, a handful of things. One of the things out of his mouth was a gambling scandal. I appreciate the call, yeah. Tom. Like, I mean, and they're very well aware of this. They've got, they got everyone's IP addresses. They, they, they've got what heads up from all these apps, these gambling apps, these gambling sites. They, everyone knows exactly who's doing what. Um, it would be very foolish of somebody to attempt to do those sorts of things. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't believe. Again, when you talk about officials doing this or that and having um, you know more their numbers are more for a home team than an away team I, you know I, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists and everyone thinks that there's another Tim Donaghy out there and uh, the NFL is very well aware of uh, all of this stuff trust me and you know we had Dean Blandino on here uh, about a month ago right the former head of NFL reps and I asked them like, "How is this all landing about the officially the officiating?" And they're like, "You know, the, obviously they're they're concerned about it, but overall, you know, people are still watching our our product, and uh, 50 million people watched Chiefs Bills. So I'm not saying there's no focus on officiating. There is, but when it all comes down to it, we're still watching out there, and they're very well aware about a gambling scandal. Eight four four two zero four rich number to dial. Last night, the association went off. And um, it was the anniversary, what, 18th anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point yeah, game? Yeah, And um, clearly, I, I, is that what it was, that everybody was just thinking <laughs> about it? I have no idea. But Joel Embiid set a Sixers record, beating Wilt Chamberlain's record, mm -hmm. 70 points last night. And then Carl Anthony Towns, at the same time, was putting up 62. Kevin Durant, 43 points. The last two were a buzzer beater. Uh, Tatum had 39, 11, and 5. Not pictured on the screen is Jalen Brown's 34. Yep. Mm -hmm. Victor Wembanyama went off with a 33.7 rebounds, two blocks. Luka with a triple-double. Same with Giannis. <laughs> That's All in that is absurd. one night. That's absurd. All in one night. And it's kind of wild. Kevin Durant's reaction after winning his game, right, beating the Mavs at the buzzer, and um, in a game again, Luca had a triple double in this game. He um, at, at the end of at the end of this game, he uh, he was told about Embiid's performance, yeah. and his reaction was classic. I don't know if you saw Joel Embiid score seventy. Cat had sixty. Seventy. Yeah, Joel had a seventy today. Fifty-eight three three. Yeah, 70. Yeah. So what did nights like tonight mean in the NBA? <laughs> I seen Cat have 40 at half. I mean, the skill level in this league is insane. And, and, and actually the coaching, the schemes on offense is insane. You're seeing so many different sets being run uh, for bigs to get threes. I mean, coaches are being way more creative to put their best players in, in, in great positions to get those numbers. and. You got shooters all around the floor. You got penetrators. I mean, this is the peak of basketball, in my opinion. You're seeing it with guys doing. I mean, come on, man. Our bigs. We got bigs in the league getting 70 and 60, making nine, 10 threes, shooting pull-up jump shot. I mean, it's insane what we got going on. Yeah. And then, by the way. God, and, I love that. By the way, yeah, also, uh, he can include himself in it. Yeah. What, is he not a big? I mean, he's six eleven. Yeah, yeah Dude, exactly. He doesn't want to be known as that tall. Yeah. Either, his game winner. I saw his game winner um, on my phone without my glasses on. Oh, okay. So his game winner. I thought it was an air ball when I first saw because I didn't see the context. I just saw it, and mm. people were already tweeting about it. And I just hit the hit the I hit it, and I saw it was time winding down, and I saw he double clutched it, and I thought he hit an air ball because the net. Didn't move. Yeah, it was I don't so know. It, it was like it was, it was as clean. if the 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 rim sucked the ball through it. It didn't. The honestly, there it was nothing but air. It yeah. didn't hit the. It didn't hit anything right at the back of the rim and, and just kind of dropped. dropped straight down. Like yeah. it didn't move the net. That's cool. So then I put my glasses on. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why they're celebrating. He actually did make it. Yeah, I love, <laughs> double clutch. I it. love seeing that reaction from Durant. He's just he's just such a. A basketball. He's a junkie like that. Exactly. A sicko. It. He wants to hear all this stuff. That was a genuine reaction. He's so happy for what Embiid did and what it means for the league. And all. The, all the, like you said, we're at the height, height of talent in the NBA right now. And it's just really cool to see night in and night out. And then 
I don't know which, which the craziest. Because uh, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, new favorite of our show. New friend of the show. Um, got his 62-point game and a loss. After they were up 18 in the fourth. And Chris Finch, the coach, called out the his team for an immature performance. Check this out. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. There's lots of times when just because you've scored two or three or four points in a row or baskets in a row, it doesn't, you know, obviously we're going to try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand, but at some point we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and, um, you know, that's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the, the roster. We totally disrespected a, the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So, mm. wow! Because they were setting up Carl Anthony Towns to try and have a big night and didn't focus on the other little things. Is that that's that's his opinion? Yeah, he had Cat uh, had fifty with like nine to go in the, in the third period, and you're like, whoa, this could be another big night after we just saw what right. Joel did. And so you're like, okay. And they're just kind of feeding him. I saw a clip and Edwards in the locker room afterwards. Like, yeah, we're trying to get him 100. Well, that's that's Chris Fitch's you know, point. It's like, okay, well, not the that's way to win point. games. Especially they're playing the Hornets, one of the worst teams in the league. But on the flip, the Sixers did the exact same thing. We got to a certain point where even the Spurs announcers on the site I was watching were like, if your name's not Embiid and you shoot, the one guy was like, you should be cut on the spot. <laughs> like, it, it, even the other team's announcers, and he was so efficient, you know, 21 uh, foul shots made. And I hate to say someone scored an easy 70, Rich, because that's really not something you can do, but it was like an easy 70 for him. He was just, he, he was amazing last night. It was cool. It was incredible. It yeah, was incredible against, to with Wembanyama on the court too, and, and, that, and it, I'm sorry, it was against the Bulls. I know I said Mavs. The Suns are playing the Mavs later this week. Um, for, Celtics, Celtics played the Mavs, yeah. last right? Night. Exactly. Yeah. And that yeah. picture there—that's also what was great about it. You're looking at the present of the big man, and you're looking at the future of the big man, and it was just great to yeah, and to beat watch and those two go at it, and mm-hmm. um, you kind of see what Vic can be in the future once he puts a little bit of weight on him. Um, but man, that, oh, yeah. and Wemby didn't back down, didn't did shrink not. from the moment. He also had a really nice game, which is going to get overshadowed, obviously, when a player scores seventy. But he also had thirty-three last night. There were a few times where and that was a close game for, put, throughout. Put his shoulder into Wemby's chest, and I got a little afraid. I'm like, please <laughs> don't have a Chet Holmgren where you just oh. your butt. Because there was a few times and B put it to him. Well, he I never mean, backed down though, man. He never backed yeah, it was down. A fun, man. fun ball night. You know, All on the night that uh, they're celebrating. Every, every, pretty much Kobe. every single one of them went up to a podium and talked about Kobe. I know Embiid yeah. was very... Uh, well, Embiid's tweet, he just uh, tweeted out Kobe and then 70. It's just kind 70. of a celebration. 70. Insane. I know. He, he, did, something, we, he did something Wilt had never done last night, which was that many points, 65 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists. Will Chamberlain never done that. Right. Of all his, all his and, great And great Wilt records. led the league in assistances one year. And you know, we also used to always say about Shaq, well, if he could only hit his foul shots, imagine what he would do. Now you got Embiid, who really hits foul all his yeah. foul shots, so you kind of see what well, could have been. Not uh, to compare anyone to Shaq, because that's a whole other story. Well, let's take a break. Andrew Whitworth's about to join us in person. So much Big to talk tip. about this past weekend, this upcoming weekend, with one of the best in the business from Amazon Prime, Walter Payton, Man of the Year and Super Bowl champion and friend of the program, Andrew Whitworth, next. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, Roku Channel, our radio audience is joining us shortly. Look who's back here, everybody. Walter Payton, man of the year, Super Bowl champ, and all-around great human, Andrew Whitworth. Good to see you again, sir. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. So, uh, you know, we were inviting you to do the double dip this show and what the football last week, but you were in Cabo, right? You went I to was Cabo. in Cabo. So does that mean the Rams are about to get a new quarterback, too? <laughs> Is that, what, that is, that, is, is that happens every time? Was McVay there? No, McVay wasn't there. They, were, right. they were unfortunately getting ready for the playoffs. Oh, okay. Fortunately, I guess you could say. That's true. You know, so uh, I, got, I had to be in Cabo by myself. No trades this time. Did <laughs> you run into anybody? Uh, you know, like, that we would know? Really. Just, yeah, just play a little golf. Had a good time. It was good. Get to get away a little bit. Take the family. And enjoy a little family time after a long uh, Thursday night football what, schedule. What's your handicap? What number? Uh, you know, probably you, well, five or six. Somewhere really? In there. Yeah. Now, I can swing it a little bit, Rich. By, I'll look this up. Now, that is, are you really going to go, what, what G-H-I-N or the Gin? Ab- absolutely, you there? absolutely. Ted Somewhere Gin? in there. Uh, really? Okay. I'm actually, you know, last year I think I was like a four. This year I'm probably five or six. That's, on the, that's on the way upper range for, I'm trying for to old linemen, right? So I'm trying to get my handicap up uh, a little 6. bit. 6.3 officially there you go, for see? Andrew. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Boy, you can look this stuff up. What's Marshall Falk's number? Oh, he's going to be way lower. He won't say it. It in, depends. In person. It, it depends. I don't know what state he's registered in. Hold on. Well, well go here. It's California. To, uh, this, one is a, this one says 2.9 for yeah, That's about right. That's about right. He's a really good player. So yeah. he give you three strokes? Oh, yeah. I'll take him, too. Well, of All course day. he will. That's, that's why he won't say it in person. He won't say it in public. <laughs> well, now we've outed him. Too bad. Yeah. It's out there now, bud. <laughs> should be 2.8, right, for him. Hey! 28. That's the way we should work You don't work get to him. pick your handicap, Rich. That's no, not, you don't? That's untrue. A lot of people pick their handicap. Rogers. What an answer. That is a lot of funny. Handicap. <laughs> they can do that. I'm on the Rich Eisen Show radio network again, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by our friend from Amazon Prime, as well as, of course, the championship team here in Los Angeles a couple years ago, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth, back on the program. Great to see you again. Glad um, to be here, man. What'd you, what, what'd you, what was it your, your watching experience watching Stafford go against golf? What was that like? I thought it was unbelievable. I mean, I think to think of that game and and really, I remember, you know, throughout the season, we're talking about, you know, as the season started kind of unfold, you're like, there's a possibility here. Rams make a run and get in these playoffs. They're going to Detroit. How insane that would be. And it's just, to me, it's always amazing in this league when, you know, uh, it happens. Like, it actually comes to fruition, and there we are. We got Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, the revenge of the exes, as I said, and it, to live up to it. I mean, what a great game. It was unbelievable. Both teams, you know, competing and playing great. Both of them played great. Um, you know, just a tough ending there for the Rams at the end with a chance to possibly kick a field goal and win it. Um, but, man, awesome for Jared Goff and the Lions, and what a moment. I mean, watching those the fans in the stands with mm-hmm. tears in their eyes and, and how excited that city was, I mean, man, that just reminds you of how special this game and is. And then, of course, though, the quarterback for them to beat – is Stafford. You can't make that stuff up, you know? You can't. It was it was unbelievable. And I know it, it meant a lot to Matthew to get to go back there and, and to play in that stadium. It and, did, right? And yeah, I mean, I thought it was an emotional moment for them as well to go home to a place where he was so invested as a player and in the community and everything yeah, else. he's the one that was supposed to bring that there. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, really, you think about it, they, they kind of exchanged those opportunities. You know, if you think you, you trade for Stafford and Goff had taken us to a Super Bowl, and lost it, and Stafford comes in, he wins the Super Bowl, and then you switch those spots, and uh, Goff gets the opportunity to win Detroit their playoff. And and I think uh, in that trade, I think Stafford will probably stick with the Super Bowl, be my guess. Of course. And by the by the way, in three weeks' time, Goff might have one for himself. It's exactly. A, I mean, that is entirely possible, and we'll get to that in a second. I just think when I was watching that game, I was thinking to myself that – I don't know anybody who throws a prettier ball, a prettier spiral from more different arm angles than Matthew Stafford. He was 
slinging it. He was spinning it, man. Like yeah, he brought he is, it that he, night. He's, it's it's mind boggling sometimes. You know how the way you can do it. And then also to me, it's like some of them. It's it's a rollout to where it's happening so fast mm-hmm. that you're like just in his mind to think about where he's putting his eyes and never looking and throwing from these crazy angles. Um, it's almost like in my, he has to have practiced or had a mentality of, Hey, when I get out here in some of these situations, this is what I'm going to do because he does some of these no look things so quick. It's not like it's something he has a chance to even set up. Um, it is, it's crazy to see how good he is and how accurate he is being able to do it. I think, were we there, Chris, that Thursday night? Cause we started doing shows from, mm-hmm. from Thursday night games when we were back in the direct TV days. Yep. Were we there for like the first McVay, Goff, and uh, up in San Shanahan 49er that games? Up, that was a, a shootout game. Todd Gurley went nuts, I think, that day. Yeah, right. it, it was, was like 48, 40 mm-hmm. something yeah. or other. Oh, yeah. And you, were, there, you were on yeah, the field that year there, yeah. Right? And now. Look who's going back to that spot with the Lions to try and make the Super Bowl. He's going home to the Bay to with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I think it's another opportunity to hear where you see almost the script of, of, of Goff, right? He gets a chance to have Matthew Stafford and the Rams come to Detroit uh, and beat them, and then now he's got an opportunity to go home to the Bay and uh, get his, chan- his chance to go to the Super Bowl as a Detroit Lions quarterback. Uh, they got a tough task beating the Niners in, in, their, in San Fran, but – uh, what a special moment it'd be for him. So, uh, listen, obviously he could speak for himself. He doesn't need a, a, a former, you know, blindside protector to speak for him, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, what, what do you think this would mean for him, for Goff, to go take the Lions to the Super Bowl in a way that, again, Stafford did not after Stafford took you to a Super Bowl podium in a way that he could not? What do you think this means for, for him deep inside? Because he doesn't usually wear that stuff on his sleeve or verbalize it. Yeah, he's probably not going to talk about too much about what it would mean. But, you know, I would say for Jared, it's one of those things. I always said when the Stafford trade happened, it, you know, was it more about timing and the rush of the Rams to really, we want to win right now. Because I thought if you'd have said, Jared, three, four years down the road, a uh, little more experience in the league and a little more exposure to everything and, and time to kind of develop himself uh, as that leader at quarterback, not just a good quarterback, um, I don't know if the trade ever happens, but because of the timing of really where Jared was, where Sean was, and then Matthew, you know, availability comes, you know, the lines allow him to seek a trade. It happens um, because I think now this gives Jared the opportunity to show like, you know, really to the world, like it, it wasn't just, and, and I've said this, like he played great quarterback for the Rams. I mean, you go back and look, I mean, took him to a Super Bowl. We won division championships, everything. Mm-hmm. It gives him a chance to validate who he is as a number one pick and, and what he was all about and really prove to people that, hey, I may have been traded, but it was more of a decision of, you know, if you want to call it where each team was and, and their, you know, relative aspects of life at that moment as a teams and as franchises. Um, and this is a chance to vindicate exactly who I am and show people uh, I'm the real deal. And I think for Jared, um, he's doing that. And he's continued to do that as a lion. I think he's grown and matured in a way it's been awesome to watch, to see some of these moments and how he stepped up and thrown it. You look at the Rams game to close it, throw in the football yep. in that situation. That shows the trust and belief they have in him as the leader. And then at the end of this game, I thought it was crazy. Just, you know, some of those situations, they were going for it. I mean, you're up a touchdown. You think you'd be safe. Uh, they got down in the red zone first thing. He just take a shot to Armand St. Brown in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown to take a two-score lead. Like, that was a beautiful dime. Oh, I'll never forget it because I was walk- I, I stepped out of the living room, Rich, and I hear my wife go, what are they doing? She was upset because she's like, all right, all they got to do is get a field goal. Yeah. Let's eat some clock. You know, she's an O-lineman's wife. <laughs> run the football three times. Run the, run the football three times, yeah. you know, first and goal. If we end up with a you know field goal, we're up two scores, let the defense handle the rest of it, right? No pressure. And they drop back, and I hear her be like, whoa, wait a minute, they're going to throw it. And then he drops a dime. I mean, unbelievable throw. But that shows the faith they have in him and really the confidence he has in himself, too. Yeah, and and again, just to go back to that to that trade, I mean, we, we in, the, in your reaction to it, because we had golf about a month plus ago, uh, and I asked him, hey, you're the perfect person to ask, how many years should a franchise give a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, to develop and prove himself? And he said three to four years, which is kind of interesting because that does appear how long the Rams did give him. And I was there for his his birth <laughs> on a Thursday night yep. after the Rams fired Jeff Fisher and the interim coach Bones Fossil is there, and they threw him in against Seattle. And it was 
it was a slaughter, man. I yep. mean, he got he got his ass handed to him that night. But the 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 the, the, the trade was uh, acknowledged by many of us in the media as a white flag on the golf front. Let's get him out and send him to Detroit, which will never be building around him. They're going to build around the two firsts. Normally, when you trade quarterbacks, Andrew, you know. You yeah. you you trade two to get the quarterback you want. You don't flip the quarterback with the two firsts too. Like you don't normally get a a franchise building quarterback and two firsts for the quarterback you're coughing up. And that was basically an indication to a lot of us in the media. Well, Goff is he's the throwing. Yep. You know, not the two firsts. He's the throwing. And now look at him. It's. That's why I want to know, like, what's going on in his head? He must be like, damn straight, I'm Jared freaking Goff. You That's know? what I think. I think you, you see it more in his personality this past year. Uh -huh. I, I've thought you even had, we even had that moment on Thursday Night Football where he kind of claps back at Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, for calling him a poor man's Matt Ryan. Uh, <laughs> you know, which I thought was like, I, I, I think Ryan meant it as like a compliment. Like, you're not yeah. there yeah. yet where Matt Ryan, in, you know, the longevity of his career and success. And so, um, you know, but it was great. Did he say I'm a rich man's Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I thought it was great because it, it's it's who I know off the field. Like, he, he is a little chippy, and he is like he'll fight back if you say something. Like, we're on the golf course, and, you know, he gets chippy on the course. Like, he's a guy who's going to get chippy with you, and he's going to say things and, and get fired up while he's playing. And so it's, it's fun to see some of that come out in the public. Um, and so I think it'd be, it, it'd be interesting to hear if he, how much he'll really say about it. But I think for him, he's got to be thinking, man, you damn straight. I'm exactly who I thought I was. Uh, and I'm getting the opportunity to show people that any sense, the fact that he's, he's been through the wars as a Ram against the Niners. Does that mean anything in this game or not really? Cause it's, I think he knows what he's going to have to deal with, you know, in the sense that you know how this defense is and, and how they build off momentum and you making little mistakes. I mean, you look at San Fran, they're able to create a lot of pressure with that front. Um, you know, obviously Fred Warner's just an insane football player. He he's absolutely crazy. He's everywhere. He is, and Greenlaw's in, exceptional as well, and they, they, do, they do a great job. And one of the things they do really well there is that that line and that front and how they play – uh, with the energy and the passion they do, they can create almost so you feel like there's more people on the field than there is. And you got to learn how to calm down and make the plays and, and don't go in there and make simple mistakes because they, that team, more than any, builds off of momentum. If they get you to make mistakes, next thing you know, it's 21 to 3 and you have no idea what happened. I mean, that's their kind of style of team. And so he knows what he's going to have to deal with and what they've got to go do well. Do you know Dan Campbell at all? I mean, well enough, okay. you know, I, I think uh, following him enough. I think he's so intriguing. I've, I've followed him tons since he got the job. And man, I, I think that he is the man built for these opportunities that they're they're in. I mean, you look at his character and, and how he's really led this football team and really sp spoke a lot of this into their heads from training camp. You go back and look at these videos where he's continuously talking to them about where they're going to be and what they're going to be going through. Um, I think to me, that's one of the biggest things in the league that people lose is that leadership right there, that ability to speak things into players' minds of who they are and what their team's about and continue to carry that message. He's done a tremendous job of it. What's What did you take out of San Francisco's Saturday night win? What, what was your takeaway from that? Well, I think we've seen, I mean, you really could relate Baltimore and San Fran very similar in the sense, you, you know, you kind of pulled off in week 18, you get a bye week and you come back out and it's just a little sluggish. It doesn't look like you really would have expected those teams to look. But I think you look at both those teams, they survived both those opportunities. I would say Baltimore came out in the second half and really became who they are and who we expected. You didn't see as much of that from the Niners. But at the same time, something they'd never done before under Kyle Shanahan, they were able to do. Come back from a you know fourth quarter deficit and win a football game. You know, so I think that really seeing that, they've got to have a lot of confidence that, hey, we played about as bad as we're going to play. We still found a way to win, and now we got one shot right here. An opportunity. They come to our place. We win. We go to the Super Bowl. Okay, and when you were in meeting rooms preparing for the San Francisco 49ers in your NFC Championship game, what were you looking to attack defensively that you think the Lions can take advantage of? Well, I think it's who they, the Lions are, and I think that's why people kind of have that sneaky feeling like this Lions team could go in there and win is, is the physicality and the mentality they play the game with. 
Uh, that's what matches up really well against the Niners. If you want to go beat them, you've got to go be physical with them, and you got to get after them because they're going to do that to you, and that's the kind of style you're going to play. You need a Panay Sewell. You need this big Detroit Lions offensive line that loves to lean on people and play physical in the run game. Um, you're, you're going to need that style of football, and I think it's going to be interesting to see because you look last week, that's what the Packers' mentality was too, um, and it's for Detroit. It's going to be can you close it? The Packers weren't able to close the game off. Um, can you make it that kind of physical style of football, slow the game down a little bit, hit your shots when you take them, and then get off the grass, you know, and you got that Aiden Hutchinson. I, I look at it like, you know, any great football team, right, you need that closer on defense, and they have him. And it's like, can he make the play in the game in the moment? When mm. Brock Purdy, you know, you look at that game last week, if there's a closing moment where somebody gets to Brock Purdy and can get him on the ground, maybe the Niners don't make that drive. But I think the Lions have the ability to do it, and, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a good one. I keep on landing in Jameer Gibbs. I don't know why. I oh. do. Well, because he's such a difference maker. He's he he's he's one of those that is just to use a Sesame Street phrase, unlike the other. You know, one of these is just not like the other. And um, I, I'm just wondering if there's a way with the two rookies with Laporta and with Gibbs, they could. Are there any matchup problems they can create? I know that the boy are these linebackers for the 49ers so. Fast sideline to sideline. There's a reason why Fred Warner was one of three unanimous first-team All-Pro selections. But I'm just wondering if you think that um, well, I, think I could be on something is, here. Is with, with Gibbs is he has speed and closing speed that's it's uh, out of this world. I mean, right. in the sense that you know you you look at this Detroit front and what they're able to do in the run game, and I think that's the difference to me that really matches well with Montgomery and him is you got a style of a guy who's going to come in and fight for every last little yard in Montgomery, and then you have him who you give him a seam and somebody takes the wrong angle, it changes the game, like like throwing a deep play-action pass and converting a bomb for a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs can do the same thing running the football. You know, It's like Chris Johnson when he was in Tennessee. It's, you, mean, you give him one, one seam, and he's gone. He's got that kind of speed. And, and, and so I think that when you have that and the kind of style and commitment they have to it, they have a chance in this game because that's exactly what they can do. What we saw the Niners do in the game last week against the Packers, Christian McCaffrey makes a guy miss, and See he's got it. the speed to close it out and go score. And I think Jameer Gibbs has that same thing. So that's why I think this is going to be a great football game. Andrew Whitworth here on the Rich Eisen Show. So did the – I'll ask you the same question I asked Dan Orlovsky in the first – hour of this program did the chiefs not only find the switch but flip it are we officially flipped on as a potentially dynastic defending super bowl champion or what what do you got listen one thing i've learned throughout this year and even last year is never pick against the chiefs uh i continuously too, do man. it though I, I, I fall into it every time i was full on board i i fell into the trap after the raiders game i was just Hey, you know what? There's no way this team. There's no way this team makes a run this time. The Christmas Day loss to the Raiders, and the one that would that got me though is I've been saying from this chair over and over again: Do not let the Bills in the tournament. They're that dangerous team. Don't let them in. And the team that first opened the door for them with or or stuck Kadarius Tony's foot in the door was was the Chiefs. And I just I thought to myself, there's just no way they're finally going to get the Chiefs in their building and uh, lose. And I was wrong. I was flat out wrong about well, it. It's another amazing job by Andy Reid. I mean, really, you look at it. What do you do? It, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think you look at it in that game. They went to 13 personnel. They, they committed to running the football some. They, they really converted in the pass game out of it as well. I mean, what do you, For people who might not know what 13 personnel. So they're putting three tight ends on the field. And, and, you know, I think to me, you look at it, I think even in the second half last year in the Super Bowl, there was, a, there was an intent of we're going to have to play a physical style of football game to win this game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, all year I've been kind of wondering why I haven't seen a little bit of that out of them. And sometimes, like, with guys like Andy Reid and a guy like Mahomes, I, I just wonder some of these coaches that are like, you know, we're good enough to get in. And then when we get in, I'm going to kind of give people a little bit different style of what we're, our approach maybe to attack teams will be. Because it sure seems like all of a sudden this week, he had an antenna. We're going to use these three tight ends. We're going to run the football with them. We're going to build play actions and passes off of it. Um, and they were able to dice the Bills up with it. And maybe it could be just because of how beat up the Bills were. He felt like that was something they could do. But I'll be interested to see if we don't see it again this week. Well, I mean, yeah. Clearly, the Bills linebacking core was um, exploitable um, in a way that the Ravens linebacking core will not. 
But doesn't it make sense to have fewer wide receivers on the field? <laughs> if I mean, you're Kansas that's City kind of these what I mean, days, and that's why it's I mean, been interesting to me all year through the struggles they've had. They yeah. continue to take the approach of we'll get better or it'll improve instead of just adjusting to hey, maybe we change up personnel groupings of how we actually go about the games. And so uh, I think it's interesting to see him do it now in this in these big moments. Now I also think that the caliber where the Dolphins were with a lot of amount of players they had lost. The Bills were, this is going to be a much different challenge taking on the Baltimore Ravens in this defense uh, because I think you actually finally are playing two teams that are really healthy, uh, and we'll see how it f- plays out this week. So um, can you uh, give me your best analysis of what Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, has changed that has elevated everything and obviously allowed Lamar to become uh, an MVP player what appears to be for a second time well i think one of the biggest things that we kind of said that when he took the job that was going to be really the development of, of lamar jackson again uh as a quarterback in the sense of them being balanced offensively and finding different ways to attack you and not always being one style that they were going to attack you with whether it be things they'd done in the past under roman or not just finding more balance in their offense to where every week you felt like, man, there's different ways they're going to go after teams, and it doesn't mean there's one personnel group or one style we're going to play with, and you've seen them do it all year. But I think the biggest thing to me has been the adjustments. Like, throughout a game, you can tell Munkin is the real deal, and he has a feel for, all right, if this is your plan for how you're going to play us, I have some plays or I have some adjustments throughout the game we'll make, and we'll be able to attack you. And I think that that's what he, you continue to see. It's this development of Lamar can handle all these different things. And, and, hey, we want to play this style of football in this game, and this is what we got to do. And the thing I love the most is hearing that at halftime, Lamar Jackson was, you know, ticked off, you know, screaming at guys. He said he did a lot of cussing or whatever. And, you know, the, you could see when he came out for the second half a couple of times, this dude was like, we ain't losing today. Like, no way we're losing today. And it, they're, they're going to need that to go close this out. And I think it's only fitting. You want to go represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs found a way to get there. Mm. You got to go through the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to get there. Again, it's another, uh, you know, these script writing people who say that we script <laughs> it all. They're, we're not helping ourselves, but it happened again. It sure did. But, I mean, so what would you say, you know, the – the answer to this is, I don't usually ask questions, Andrew Whitworth, that are like fill in the blank, but I'll do it. Okay. The, the Buffalo Let's Bills lost because fill in the blank. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think they lost because of just attrition of players. I think you look at it, if defensively they had some of the guys that they really started this year. You look at the linebacking core, secondary, I mean, there's you can name a different position group, and every single one of them, they've lost a guy who's really critical to them. And it's like, you know, and Von Miller really never coming on this year health-wise. You know, you hope to see him next year look healthier than he did this year, even though he played. He just didn't look like himself. I think at the end of the day, they just didn't have that guy on defense who could make that play that, that gets you off the grass and a chance to, to get off the field and give Josh back the ball. And um, I think that was always going to be the worry, is that Josh Allen was going to have to play out of his mind uh, and they were going to have to be unbelievably offensively to, to continue to win because defensively they just, you know, they weren't talented as, as probably the groups that you start to play when you're in these playoffs. You look at the Baltimore Ravens lineup and how healthy they are compared to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, even if they got there, it'd been a drastic difference. Andrew Whitworth here on the Rich Eisen Show. One more segment to the end of the program, after which Andrew will sit in with Susie Schuster and Amy Trask on What the Football. 844-204-RICH, number dial. When we come back, I want to ask you your Super Bowl um, prediction. And then uh, what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys and if we should read into tweets of their close relatives (laughs) clapping at each other and back at Dak. That's next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back on the Roku channel. All right, Andrew Whitworth. Um, I'm asking you your two cents on the most indelible image from the divisional contest between the Chiefs and the Bills, and that is Jason Kelsey, shirtless and yeah, bellowing man. outside the box. Get him. I mean, we need more of that. If we're going to have some cutaways during the game, that's what we want to see right there. Well, I mean, I mean it's jarring. Certainly, certainly if you're expecting to see Taylor Swift, and this is what you see instead. I mean, the people uh, have to be happy. The bear. Right it's there. the bear. That's the Look bear. at that right there. Uh, that was uh, an all-time. Uh, so do all offensive linemen have this within them or no? I think they do. I think it's okay. the best part of the sport right now with sports media mm-hmm. is that you got more linemen getting involved and in the spotlight. Well, he and might this be next. guy is a great testament to that. He's going to be fantastic at it, and he is – a lot of fun to be around, that's okay. for sure. Well, I mean, um, did you text him after you saw him? Oh, or? yeah. I've texted him all about that. And, and, what's, and can, what, what can you share with us? You know, he, he felt like it was hot in there, you know? He, he was just ready to cool <laughs> off. That's, that's all it was. Long said, he told, is that his line? That's what Chris Long said, you know. Uh, it was hot. He, he said, "What basically, what's up with that? He goes, it was hot in the box. No, I asked him about nice. the ball. You know, he went out to the tailgating area. He did the bowling ball shot, which I did when we did TNF, me and okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick. And okay. so... You know, you know, he did all the things. He got into the tailgate antics. He didn't have the uh, pizza that's cooked in the cabinet. Okay. Um, I told him he missed out on all the chemicals that are clearly coming out of that. But <laughs> I, I did it. So I feel, oh, I feel great, oh, great, though. Okay. I'm still okay. here. So. Well, listen, you have your off-season workout program. And as we saw in that photograph, he has his. Yeah, that's that's cool. a great first step. That's, that's what I... That's what I texted him, actually. is like, hey, great first step in your off-season workout program. That's it. Uh, I, I approve. Oh, by the way, art, but make it sports. Have you seen this? That looks like a, a painting from 1654. That is pretty good. It is that. Social media is the best. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. Game time tickets. Take that app and get it on a mobile device right now and start buying tickets to any event near you. Sports, music, comedy, theater. Don't worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Sorry filled with enough question marks guess who removes all of that guesswork it is game time the ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase see the view from your seat where you bought for before you buy also your total upfront, which is what i love so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out download the game time app create an account and use my code rich r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase restrictions apply visit gametime.co for terms again cr- create your account Redeem the code R-I-C-H, $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Andrew Whitworth of Prime Video still here uh, for one more segment on the program. I, I, I don't know how you view it, but we in the media writ large view any tweet or post from a relative of a player that they're speaking for this player. And, you know, C.D. Lamb's mom tweeting out, Dak isn't it. And then, you know, uh, chiming in when somebody says, tell the youngin to come home to the home team, CJ would love him. She wrote, I wish he would. CJ is great. I mean, then Micah's brother chimes in about it, fire everybody. And if Dak doesn't take 40 million up next, Trey Lance, you know, Dak's brother chiming in as well. Mm. What are you, what are you, make of stuff like this you know what goes on in locker rooms is this does this mean there's more there there uh you know i think that obviously the more there to me irrelevant to this you know these posts is that uh they were clearly very frustrated in that last game and you could see that there was cd uh, and dak yeah you could see that frustration and then also just that team i mean there's no way you can have as much expectation and success as they've had in the regular season and not be frustrated i look at my time in cincinnati I mean, we went to the playoffs five years in a row, won the division, you know, three of those five years or two at least, um, and, you know, never found a way to win a playoff game. And there was a lot of animosity in those locker rooms after each game because you, you, you always, I think when it happens the first time, it's like, hey, man, we just, we didn't make the plays. And then the next time, 
it's like, you know, this guy's got to make that play. And so it starts to be almost like, hey, if the, everything kind of stays the same in the locker room and it's a lot of the same people, um, it's hard to keep coming up with reasons that you're losing other than all these same people need to play better in those games. And I think that starts to build kind of an animosity there. And so it, you got to figure out a way to shake that up, whether that's through your leadership of saying, hey, we're going to go a different route of how we do things. You mean if, in terms of a coach? Yeah. I mean, well, he's that, there too. And, and he's so coming he's back there, too. right? So right. then, all right, now that to me, this is one of those airing of grievances type moments. I mean, you need to get it out, get it over how? with. How? In the sense of getting these guys together. And I think sometimes that doesn't mean in the team room. That means, you know, go to dinner, do whatever. Like find a way of, hey, let's all get in a room and let's get on the same page. We're all going to be here. If we want to win football games and we want to play great football together, this kind of mess isn't going to get us there. So either you got to be in or you got to be out. And that's the bottom line. But to those, we're, we're all fans and, and you're, you're guys, I'm imagining you've been part of these things. I don't know. Um, but, you know, what what does it sound like where they do air it all out with whatever Dak? It's not and, pretty. What do you mean? It's not pretty. I mean, it's usually if, if, if you're going to have an air and out, I mean, there's going to be contentious moments of it and things that are going to be said that you're going to have to get over. But I think that's that's life and that's playing in the football game and, and saying, hey, there's a high expectation of how I play. And, you know, I think sometimes as linemen, I think our mentality is a little different in that because uh, we're a little used to it. Like you think of like a really what a lineman's disposition is. Like we, we play a game and if, you know, 99% of the time I'm good and a one play a game, I give up a sack, I, I wouldn't even play in the NFL. So how I have to play, I can't even mess up once in a game technically and keep my job if I was somebody who messed up every week. So I'm used to you either are getting like, if you're talking about me, it's usually negative. I mean, that's just a fact. The only time you talk about offensive linemen is as a group, if it's positive, like, hey, this offensive line did a great job of protecting the quarterback. (laughs) The way you get your name singled out is Andrew Whitworth got beat on third and 11 and that, that sack led to this team losing the game. Like, that's that's how you get in there. So I think linemen, we're a little used to that. I think other position groups, you're used to really being talked about only in a positive way and that, that your name gets in the papers because you made the big plays and you made the spotlight moments. And so sometimes you got to get those guys in a room and say, hey, air it out, speak whatever it is you need to talk about, and let's go. I mean, I think that those things are important. I remember even when, you know, we were struggling a little bit with Jared Goff at times – you know, in the sense of not not that it was him, but as a team, we were struggling when Jared was still there. And we'd have these meetings, and it may be, you know, Jalen Ramsey challenging the defense has got to play more physical. And and Jared and, and me and some of the guys on offense talking about we have to play better. Like, it, it, you have to get in a room and be honest with each other about what each other has to do. And they need a little of that because I think then that leads to, hey, tell your mom, tell your whoever, like, don't talk about my quarterback that way. Don't talk about my receiver that way. Don't talk about my defensive end that way. That leads to that. It permeates. Just like you say, hey, do you look into those things? Is it a little bit of truth? Yeah. It also permeates the other way. Like, hey, if, if you really ride or die with this guy, then it should reflect in the people around you. So then it is fair to say that moms or dads or brothers or cousins or you sisters. You condoning it, but no, you're no, not stopping it. What I'm, what I'm saying, though, is that those relatives with, you know, jumpy thumbs who – don't hover around send and just hit it. Get it from somewhere. Like it, 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 they, like I said, you may not be telling them to do it or condoning it, but you didn't stop them. You know what I'm saying? So, but you might have also fed them with the information that causes them to have jumpy thumbs, right? Exactly. So Especially they, if you get tagged in it or any of that kind of stuff. Like to me in that situation, like I'm gonna tag my family member right back. Like, hey, chill out. Like that ain't true or you know, don't tweet that again. Like, I'm going to call them back out in person. In because, person. Yeah, because, heck yeah, if, if you really ride with the guys you say you do. Like, that's one of my things in the locker room. Like, don't say that, and you're really half in, half out. Like, hey, if it goes good, I'm in with you. If it goes bad, I'm not. Like, to me, um, that's not what you ever want to be. To me, that's fraudulent. And and to me, as a player, that's the worst thing you can be. Mm. And so, they, like, I think in this situation, it's like, not that it's, hey, this is definitely coming from these players, but I'd love to see these players stand up and say that ain't the truth. Like you, to me, when that happens and you get tagged or something like that, you've got to speak out in a way and show that it doesn't represent how you feel. Andrew Whitworth here on the Rich Eisen show. Okay, so your Super Bowl prediction based on what you think's happening on the you know, championship I, Sunday is what I said this the last few weeks of the season. I'm st- I still feel good about it, although. You know, Jared Goff's kind of got me excited that maybe these guys can make a run. But I, I predicted Niners-Ravens, and I thought the Niners might win the rematch. Um, 
you know, but there's a part of me that wants to go against my prediction because I get kind of excited if I think of Jared Goff and the Lions making it to the Super Bowl. Well, again, my prediction prior to the season was Chiefs and Niners. And then I saw how the Chiefs were playing offensively, even with my own two eyes in Germany. And I'm like, okay, uh, now that it's it's Thanksgiving and I get a chance to have a mulligan, uh, I'm I'm out. I'm going I'm going Ravens. Yeah, I and then it on the Joe Burrow injury. You know, I remember I, I think we did the kickoff show yeah. together. I was Niners Bengals, so I had the right divisions. Yes, you know, just <laughs> wrong pew. Yeah, <laughs> right. right divisions. Right. I, uh, I I pivoted on the Joe Burrow wrist injury and went Ravens, and since then I've kind of said it'd be Niners Ravens. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs though. I mean, of all, uh, what they just did in Buffalo, it's it, they have a sense of okay. We are seeing a dynastic situation being born. We're watching it happen where Mahomes is, you know, last year when he beat the Eagles, became the face of the NFL. Now he has an opportunity to become this generation's Tom Brady oh, for no a fact. And I know I'm talking about, you know, seven trophies no and, and playing until he's 45. But I'm just saying, like, the dominant figure that you've got to come through him and it doesn't matter how he looks or who his receivers are or whatever – uh, he, he's still that guy when it all comes down to it and can raise his level of play. And if he does this to the Ravens, right? So that's... that's. I've, I've continued to say, I, I think the Chiefs only actually start to get a little better uh, because I think they're going to restructure where some of their money is and what's going to be important to the, how they win. So if he does it with this team two years in a row where we've said no chance he's winning it with this roster, or these receivers are how they're playing, right. I mean... Good luck. And, I, I and, think he could possibly legitimately be in the conversation to pass what Tom did. And, and we were talking about it yesterday that if, if, if it wasn't for Brady, he might have two more rings right now. Brady being the first one, by the way, and only other one not named Joe Burrow to ever beat Mahomes in a playoff game. Yep. And then, you know, beating him in his first playoff season and then his second Super Bowl attempt. But he can join Brady as the, you know, the, as quarterbacks who have repeated his champions. Yep. Brady's the last one to do it, and the NFL Network was was one and two years old, and we're now 20. It's crazy. It, 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 you even think about the Super Bowl he lost. I mean, he lost both his starting tackles Yes, going into that Super Bowl. I mean, it, it was going to be a pretty insane task to even try to figure out a way to compete in that Which game. caused the Chiefs to rethink the way that they were going to build around Mahomes. They got Creed Humphrey, who's They've done it. And dynamite. The, interior, the interior three of that group um, is insane. I mean, they're, they're, they are really good, and they're going to be there for a while. So that's why I'm saying I, I really think you look at it, they could structure him to, like, I, <laughs> they're going to be the team to beat for quite some time. And I thought this year was but, the year where they're free to get after. And but, here they are. <laughs> but still not Sunday. You're still going Ravens times. I still think the Ravens handle it. I think this is by far the best team that they've played in this little run. Like we'll okay. we'll see what they look like against the Baltimore Ravens to really prove it. Now, having said that, I just told you how good their interior is. They they can handle the Ravens up front. Mm. So Okay, Andrew Whitworth. You never know, but I'm still going I'm still going Ravens. I feel good about it. Andrew Whitworth gonna wrap things up on the Roku channel before doing what the football with Susie and Amy in a moment. <laughs> 